Hello and welcome to Behind the Daw. My name is Wyatt Troy. We interview artists and music industry experts on an emotional, philosophical, and artistic level to get inside their heads, gather the best information, and then bring it back to you. By the way, this is a companion podcast to our YouTube series, In the Daw, where we invite artists to dissect their songs in real time. If you have any artists you would like to see come on the show, or if you have any feedback in general, you can contact me at Wyatt at BehindTheDaw.net. And just so you know, we just launched a Patreon for Behind the Daw to enhance your Behind the Daw experience even more. We offer tons of things. Some of them include us giving you feedback on your tracks once a week, the ability to get in contact with me and Multiplier and for us to respond to you within 24 hours, the ability to partake of the Patreon-only community. There's a bunch of secret content that comes with being a patron and the big, huge opportunity to be able to come on In the Daw with me and interview artists and music industry experts. If you want to find out more about the Behind the Dot Patreon, there should be a link in the description of this podcast, or you can just go to patreon.com slash behind the Daw. This episode of Behind the Daw is sponsored by Joey Sturgis and his earth-shattering plugin, Game Reduction Deluxe. So I grabbed this percussion loop from our In the Daw sample pack that we did with Quicks, which by the way, you can grab for free, link in the description. But we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna put Gain Reduction Deluxe on this loop. So before we do that, let's listen to the unprocessed version of this loop. It's already sounding great, but now let's listen to it with it processed. Ooh, sounds so much fuller and bigger. Let's try that again. Some nice distortion in there. Ooh, a little lo-fi knob. Ooh, that's nice. So now I'm going to play it, but I'm going to keep turning it on and off so you can really get a vibe of what the plugin is doing. So here's off. Here's on. Off. So let's grab a vocal loop so you can see what it does to vocals as well. Oh, that's perfect. So here's the vocal loop unprocessed. So now let's throw some gain reduction deluxe upon that bad boy. Gives you a really hardcore compressed sound. Big, bigger hardcore compressed sound really, really quick. I love it. Man, that's so cool. Thank you so much to Joey Sturgis for sponsoring this episode of Behind the Dot. If you're interested in this plugin and having it absolutely crush your music in the most beautiful way possible, go ahead and check out the link below to the plugin. I want to welcome everyone to Behind the Dot. This week we have um with Dylan and Ben. Gentlemen, how are you doing this day? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I want to mention that I have Sawyer here, who is my intern. Sawyer, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, brother. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. I'm at home. I moved all my stuff home. I have two kids on the other side of that wall, and hopefully we won't, we won't be able to hear them. Let's start with some with some deep questions to get you guys warmed up. When we're reading books underneath trees, do you guys read books underneath trees? Is that still a thing? Do you guys do that? I, I don't. Where else would you read that? Touche. But so, like, when, when someone is reading a book underneath a tree, isn't it technically like a really cruel joke because you're reading out of the dead ancestor of the tree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. It's like feeding the chicken chicken fingers or something. Exactly. Ben, I see you thinking about something. Tell me what's on your mind, Ben. That is that is true. I just can't believe my mind. I'm speechless. Final question before we really hop into the real questions. Is Batman just the American rendition of Dracula? <laughs> yeah, I've never really compared the two. Does Dracula fight crime? I don't know. Maybe? I gotta go with no. 
Well, because because Dracula is super rich, right? He has a castle. My ace rapper. It's a creative question. All right, gentlemen, we really got we got some good questions for you today. But first off, for the people who don't know who you are, I'm assuming most of them do, but the people who don't know who you are, let's get a little backstory about who you guys are, how you got into music, how you met each other, and stuff like that. So uh, we met at a school called Icon Collective. We sat next to each other. Around the time we graduated, it was like, hey, let's make music together. And we moved in and then um, started and went from there. Was Art of Flow your favorite class? It was my favorite class. Definitely. Yeah. Who was your favorite teacher? Hard to not say Chris White. Right. Besides him. I mean, shouts to Valente. Yeah. The homie. Yeah, Valente. Valente Bertelli. They are all good. Yeah. Did you guys have Jerry when you were there? No, actually. Jerry DeFlippo. I don't know if we've ever met him. Chico was cool. Chico Shut was up. really cool. Yeah, P. Lask. He used to get mad at me for being late. 2014 May. It was that long ago? It was four years ago? Pretty crazy. Yeah. We started um that August. Well, we started making music that August, I think. And then the first song was in January of 2015. Which beckons the question, where did the name um come from? We were at like a icon party. We were like sitting outside with a bunch of people in our class and going over what would be like the worst names to name a producer. If you're starting a project, like say this word before remix. And we were like, um, remix. It sounds really, really bad. And then we weren't even working together at that point. And then eventually that's what it became. Because we were like, yeah, let's just do that. Why two dots and not three dots? Three dots just too many? It was Yeah, it was too predictable. Throw them off the bat. Yeah, just keep, keep it two. It's clean. In a different world, you never went to Icon Collective. You probably never got into music. What would be kind of your passion, your following? What would you be doing for a living if you didn't have music? I minored in psychology. I'd probably do something in that field. If I was born like three years later... Probably would have been video games, but not video game life. Probably would have been a teacher. A teacher to what? Uh, probably like elementary school. I really like like innocence and like nice little kids. And I feel like once people become teenagers, it's like all oh, that's out the window. I'd like to teach like young kids and be like a good role model. That'd be cool. What have been some of the problems that you have run into being in the industry that you're in and choosing the name? Um, SEO is terrible. Google uh, doesn't register punctuation. I actually have another side project that also has punctuation. So it's just a pain. But like it used to show like University of Michigan or something when you would search for our name and here you don't register. We'd have to be like type out DOT, DOT. We'd like tell people. So that's super annoying. I wouldn't recommend anyone puts punctuation in their name. Minor inconveniences would be when you're at the show and you have go to the line and you're like, we're um, and they just stare at you. And then you're like, we're the artist playing tonight. Our name is Um. And then they're like, you have to show them like a shirt. If you're wearing an Um shirt, you have to turn it around and show it to them and be like, it's Um. I think it's happened once where the people were like, oh, great. Okay. Apparently at Shyamalan, they were like talking on the walkie talkies about us and something, something. And like everyone was super confused and laughing because it was just like, Um and something, something was the whole conversation. And it didn't make <laughs> Some great, great ideas from us taking their name um. We're actually the most talked about artists in the world. Literally everyone talks about us. So why the dog? Why so many dogs? Dogs are sick. Yeah. We just genuinely love dogs. Yeah, that's just how we would communicate. We would send each other dog pictures instead of talking and then people would comment on our statuses and stuff and we would just send them the same dog pictures and it became part of our brand. Yeah, people are we're like, oh man, the dog pick thing is great, and it's like that's that's just how we talk. What is your favorite dog? Uh, I think our dog, our dog is my favorite dog. I like Dobson's. We have a we have a Corgi Jack Russell mix. He's he's the best. 
He's my favorite. Corgis are the one that are like really low to the ground, right? They have really short legs. Yeah. He's very Fluffy. small, very small leg. He's very cute. He has a cone on right now. He just got <laughs> surgery. So That's so sad. Yeah, it's pretty sad. He's just in the cage, like, Aww. please play with me. Aww. What's your least favorite dog? That's hard because I love them all. Boxers. Boxers. Just boxers. So <laughs> I, I, I've had many boxers I liked. I'll say we tried to adopt this other dog. She was really mean. So just mean dogs. We, tr- we tried really hard. We went to meet her and she just like kept growling and biting me. And I like gave her so many chances to be like, hey, don't bite me. And she just kept biting me viciously. So just mean, mean dogs I don't like. Can we add Cocker Spaniels to that list? Yeah. Because that's, that's my no-go. <laughs> I don't really like poodles actually, thinking about it. Like because of the look or just like the nature of them? I think they're, it's mostly the look, but I do think they're also aggressive. What are, What's the one, like the, the Russian mountain dog, something or another. It's like the size of a small car. It's like a bear dog, right? Yeah. You want one of those? Can I get you one of those? Yeah, I would love it. I would love another dog. You guys met and you started making music. How how was that journey as far as finding your sound? How did you guys flow? Was there any idea of, oh, we want to be this genre or that? Or did you guys just start making music and all of a sudden, here's um and here's here's their sound? I think Ben had more of an idea of what it was going to be than I did. Because I was kind of just figuring it out still and trying to like make stuff that I liked. And then, uh, which is pretty much always dubstep. And then like using synths and he was like, no, we're not going to use synths. Like we're making like beat music, which was also like, yeah, the only other kind of music I really liked in this kind of world, like Mr. Carmack kind of stuff. So yeah, I guess a little bit of both. I think Ben was more planned. I was just tired of what was happening. I like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I didn't really like EDM at the time. It was around the time of like big room and deep house. And it was like really garbage in my previous opinion so i just wanted to like we'd make music out of like a toilet sound and be like this is cooler than like what's popular like look at how free you can be and creative and stuff that's like where it stemmed from it was kind of pretentious but now it's more like serious and we're having more fun with it and like getting into it and like doing stuff that's cool i think like at the beginning ben had like 10 projects going on and i was i had like one that i'd like didn't think was going to be a future. And this one like started working like faster than we thought, I guess. I don't know. It was like, oh, cool. We're doing this now. Bass music, which is, yeah, it's fun. I wouldn't like to DJ to people that aren't like getting into it. I wouldn't want to be like background music ever. It's cool that we can play shows and people are like moshing and getting into it. And I don't know. I think we both like kind of bonded over dubstep when we started we met each other we're like yeah edm is cool when it's just like aggressive music with cool sounds and how did you guys get to the point where basically you could trust each other to form a duo because i kind of think about like that right now and i feel like in order for me to creatively fulfill myself I would have to try really, really hard to like bring myself to trust someone else to form a duo with me. Did you guys go through that? Or were you like, let's just make a duo. I feel fine with it. It was kind of more like that. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, let's move in together. And since we like know each other through like making music, like we'll also be making music together too. And like, we can be like a, a group. I was freaking out when we were moving in because I had like no money and I couldn't afford rent or anything. I had no job. And I was like, dude, this isn't going to work. Like we're not going to make money from this. And Ben was like, no, it's fine. We'll be good. And we just kind of like figured it out as we went along. Like, at least for me, I was like, this is working way more than I thought it would. And like, this is actually becoming our life. It was cool, but it was like, wow, this, I wasn't prepared for this. To yeah, answer yeah, your yeah. question, we have had some struggles as anyone would. Mm. We play different roles for the most part. It's I'm like more on the composition side. He's more on the engineering side. Mm. So 
it is a little easier to like trust that we're doing the best at our own roles. And um, every once in a while, we'll come into like a, a difference in opinion. That's normal, I think, in a creative process. Yeah, we, and we always we always end up like working it out and figuring it out. And it's a good it's a good balance. If it was always like just everyone agreeing with everyone, it wouldn't be as good, I guess. It's good that we have like each other to check. When it comes down to it, when we're like finishing a song, we're like together and being like, this needs to change and like this needs to be different. Do you do either of you have any plans to create any solo projects? Or are you just riding this um train as long as you can? I have like a little side project, but it's mostly just for myself. It's like the complete opposite of what um is aesthetically speaking. Just like some acoustic stuff. Do you play anything? I feature like acoustic guitar on that project. Do you guys feel that you guys would have had as much of a shot at this had you just kind of parted ways and, and done this separately or do you feel like that lovely balance of roles, one being composition, one being engineering, just kind of was such a good checks and balance that that's what made you guys thrive? Not saying that one's better than the other, kind of doubling your odds, so to speak. Yeah, it definitely like frees me up a lot because I've never been one to like care. Well, not care, but I've never had the patience for like mixing and stuff. And that's like a really important part of making music. So it's nice to have that weight lifted. It leaves me to like focus on other elements and stuff so it's it's good for me for sure yeah i think the most important thing is like the accountability you kind of have to like do it mm -hmm. it's like a group of thing i don't know we've had a lot of like times where it was like nothing's happening like when we were living in la it was like we're living in the apartment like things aren't getting better it's not really working like we have people that know who we are but we're not like making money from it we had each other to be like yo just like let's keep going like what's the next step like just keep and if you're on your own like i couldn't imagine being on my own doing that and being like motivated enough to be like yeah just keep doing the same thing over and over and it'll eventually work out like luckily for us did happen i guess when at first when you start getting like the blog write-ups and like people start recognizing you and it's like oh this is so cool and like that's a little bit of motivation, but then you realize that it really doesn't mean anything. And like it takes so much more to actually make like enough money to live out of this and like be able to focus on this as your like profession. Having someone there to be like, yo, we gotta like keep keep going, like gotta keep doing this. And yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do it alone for sure. Kind of stepping back from the the um part of you guys and more so focusing on the Dylan and the Ben part of you guys. Looking at, you know, the, the totality of you guys' life, I want to find out more about you guys. What has been some of the the harder things that you guys have had to go through in your life and have overcome? Yeah, honestly, that's a little personal for the internet. Don't share anything you're not comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, no. We're more than happy to listen, but if you don't want to, that's... Uh, just, like, my, my answer is like a little too, a little too real for the internet, I think. I don't know. I think uh, the struggles in your life, like, make you who you are. And if you can, like, see it in the right light it's a really beautiful thing that can put you on the right path and like make you a better person what about you dylan do you want to hold that close to your chest as well or what do you think yeah i probably wouldn't say that yeah no i don't want to say that. okay <laughs> on the flip side then on the flip side of that would you be comfortable talking about like the most beautiful experience of your life you know something that you're like Dude, this is what life is worth living for you know i think moving here to portland recently was the biggest thing for us yeah. we're really struggling to like get by and now we're a little more comfortable and we're like putting together a studio and we have like a little bit of money to like invest in ourselves and like it's a really liberating feeling that we haven't had since we started so we're like it's kind of nice to like grow up and be like oh cool like we we did it kind of like we're on, we're doing it. <laughs> we yeah, it. On the path. 
Yeah. We were really struggling for a while in Los Angeles for a long time. Were you like in gang territory kind of a thing? Or? We shared a one bedroom apartment. I lived in the living room. Our apartment like each year, which was like four years, three years, it was like infested with like different kinds of bugs. And like we would make like barely enough money to pay for our rent and just like nothing was going right. And we were just putting like our time into, um, you don't really see a return on that for a really long time. And it's hard to know if it's ever going to like pay off. Literally, I think we pushed it as far as we could have. Like we played Shambhala, which I think was like the biggest turning point in our lives and career. And before that we were like heavily, like not doing well, just like arguing a lot and like second guessing everything. And then that happened and it kind of turned everything around. It was our first really big show. It was the first time like people treated us like respectably or we were like, we gave us like a headline slot and we were like, we're not a big artist. And they're like, yeah, we just we thought your music was cool. So we wanted to like show it to more people. Never heard anything like that before. That's really nice. And that's how like Excision heard of us and gave us the Lost Lands thing. That happened and that was like the biggest thing for us. We, we, we barely scraped by and it worked out really fortunately for us. So now you're in Portland. How, how come Portland over anywhere else? It's a dope place. It is a great, it's a great place. We really like the Pacific Northwest. We actually, actually after Shambhala, we went with uh, our friend Matt and then another friend Ian. And right when we got back to LA, me, Ben and Matt were like eating food and we were like, we should just move out of LA and go to Portland. Matt was like, my lease is up in six months. Like I can move then. And we had like zero money at that time. The Shambhala aftermath of like people figuring out who we were hadn't happened yet. So we didn't really know, but we were like, yeah, let's do that. Six months from now, like we'll move out of here. Somehow we'll make enough money to make it happen. And it's just going to all work out. And it pretty much happened exactly like that, which has kind of been a theme for our, since the beginning of, um, where we're like, we're going to make this happen. And like, we don't know how it's going to happen, but just going to like say that it's happening and keep working at it. We've been really fortunate that it's happened a lot. This is really interesting because you're kind of going against the grain of kind of what our industry is telling us, which is to move to a big music mecca, right? To move to New York or Los Angeles or wherever, right? I mean, schools don't really exist geographically anymore. It's just the internet. That was going to be my thing now is that like you, you guys moved out to LA, you did the LA thing, but you just felt like it's like, we're in 2018. We don't really need to be in the music mecca anymore, right? Is that what you're saying? For sure. It's like an overcrowded city, way too many people, and mostly people that we don't vibe with. It's really for Icon. Yeah. Icon's a cool network, and we got to use their graduate studio for years for free. And that's like where we did all of our work, and it was awesome, and we met a lot of cool people. But then at a certain point, like we were inspired living in the desert in like a hot garbage area. So we wanted to get somewhere with nature and cool people and like vegan food. Was there any point in time? During these struggles, did it come across your mind that you should just cut your losses, call it quits, and and just figure something else out? I've known I was going to do music since like the beginning of high school, and it's it's never really been not an option. I've never really considered not doing it, and I just like yeah, looking back, it's never really been a thing for me. I don't know about Dylan. I don't know. I was kind of when I decided to do music was kind of like this is all I where I was kind of like, I don't want to do anything in life. And this seems like something that could be fun to do. And I was like, so why not just like kind of just go into it 
head first and try and figure it out. Like I already wasn't happy. So like if I failed at that, it's like, well, I wasn't, wasn't going anywhere I really wanted to go beforehand. Yeah. I never really had an exit strategy or like any strategy. It was kind of just like a gut thing. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this and like figure it out. I never really considered giving up because it was like, put so much time into this now like this is this is it shouts to my parents because i couldn't have actually done that unless they were completely supportive of of being like i'm i don't care about school i'm gonna go do music and then they're like okay cool they didn't even really question it um so that's pretty awesome because like i didn't have much to back it up back back then they were really cool with it they they didn't give you any pushback no they're like yeah go to music college and i was like cool yeah i'm gonna do that and then went to another music school and they're like they never really dabbed in it wow i remember i explained i was like we're gonna start a project named um and it's gonna like make fun of other music and they're like that no one's gonna get that that doesn't make sense um <laughs> jokes on them conversation i was like no it's gonna work like just just wait a few years and <laughs> and that was pretty much every conversation we had in the beginning everyone was like you guys are they were like, you're too ahead of your time. That was like the nice way of them saying it. They're like, no one's going to understand it yet. They're like, you need to put out more uh, commercial music first and then you can do the weirder stuff. And like, and they're like, yeah, no one's going to really get this. Like, yeah, you'll have a nice little cult following. Like maybe you get some fans and it's like, thanks n- nobody for believing. <laughs> but it, yeah, it was cool. I think we all experienced that though at some point. I mean, why wouldn't you agree that when you told somebody, oh, I'm like, I'm a music producer, they kind of look at you like, oh, like, are you now? Like, yeah. like, I, I get that so much. They're just like, oh, well, good, good for you, champ. And I'm like, you know, I, I take this pretty seriously. So looking at the the whole um, project, what has been your guys' just like favorite memory or like favorite thing that you guys went through? You're like that right there, that that's why we do what we do. Shambhala doing that set was like, like, I mean, for me, when I went to Icon, I was just like a bass kid, like love dubstep. And I was like, playing Shambhala is like my end goal dream. And then going into the festival being like, oh, we're playing Thursday. It's not technically like the festival hasn't started yet. Like probably not playing to many people. And then getting there and people are like, no, you're playing like the headline slot of this stage. Like that's the only stage that's open. Everyone's going to be there. This just happened really quickly. And like after we were having so much like, turmoil and like not good shows and more another like kind of different perspective would be like when we were making our like one of our first songs actually the first song we ever put out I don't know I just always have memories of being in the studio and like making that song and it was a lot of fun and like it wasn't serious at all yeah we're trying to like figure it out and it was pretty cool and we were yeah we we're having a fun with it yeah I remember that and like yeah a lot of our like first songs we put out I have a lot of memories of those that were like this is cool we were just figuring it out yeah it's weird like living the experience because when you're like dreaming of being an, an artist as a career it's it's a lot different in your in your daydreams than when you actually like put in all the work and it takes three years to get somewhere and then it happens and you kind of feel the same after so it's it's very like sobering experience I would say like we're already a little bit jaded I would like really 
I like when you're when you don't have any experience, you're like, oh, we got a blog write up, and then you think like you're gonna be famous the next day or something, and then like you realize that doesn't mean anything, and then like really everything that happens is just like chipping away at the ice box, so it becomes like it's not like what you thought it would be. It's like everything is like, oh, that's cool, like let's keep working. It's not like. I don't know. For me, there's no, like, it's just, like, another day. What do you guys like to do when you're not making music or touring or playing a show? Like, what are what kind of defines you hobby-wise? You know, what, what kind of gets you... Or maybe it's something you do to de-stress, but what do you guys like to do? I like to play video games and uh, play with our dog, play board games. Yeah. I like to not go out and be with, like, a close group of friends and live in that, like, closed-off world and be comfortable that's like one of my favorite pastimes board really games. Cool. What's your favorite video games, Dylan? Favorite video games lately. Played a lot of Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I played Blizzard games for like half of my life at this point. I just downloaded the other day like the classic vanilla private server version of World of Warcraft, which is like a game I played 13 years ago, literally like half my age, and been like replaying that. Yeah, I like really like nerdy RPG kind of games, things that you like get really invested in. Cool. And then like also really competitive games where it's like you're playing real people and like trying to improve. What's an unpopular opinion that you have? Unpopular opinion. Yeah. I really prefer the middle seat on airplanes. <laughs> oh, that's a good Whoa. What? Whoa. It's true. He'll always trade. Like literally every time I'll take the middle seat. Yeah, Why? he'll trade every time. Why? Why do you and that? You're an absurdly obese person in the other seat. Yeah. Why? Why do you like it? Because you get two armrests, and it's <laughs> <laughs> like every seat is uncomfortable. You might as well have two armrests. The middle seat's the way to go. It's the future. I'm just ahead of my time. I can think of a day when airplanes have nothing but middle seats. But if there's all middle seats, <laughs> this is physically impossible. How do we do it? It's a circle. <laughs> so so you said dylan that your unpopular opinion is that edm is not that great yeah i i used to be like i want to download all the dubstep i think all dubstep is cool and then i started to like develop a taste in like music i liked and it wasn't just dubstep or bass music and then it's like most edm is actually kind of cheesy and bad overplayed and like someone's done it before but there are really cool producers that do interesting things like Koyan Sound and Mr. Carmack or like Skrillex and Deadmau5 is like and those are just like cool producers like outside of their genre they're just like cool producers but like EDM as a whole personally for me will not like 95% of it like downloading music for both of us is really hard to find a song that we're like this is cool and I'd want to play this what the song that you did was something something who put the crow sample in there? I can't remember. It was either Conrad or I. We had a, a session where Dylan couldn't make it. I can't remember. Okay. Like the second drop section. Because, like, yeah. I'm driving in my minivan. I'll, I'll take your credit. I'm, I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm driving in my minivan listening to that song with my two kids. And everything cuts out. And there's that crow sample. And I'm like, like, I almost cried. I was like, that was, <laughs> that was so, like, I did not see that coming. That was just like, that was such a plot twist. And I looked back at my daughter and she didn't know what was going on. And I was like, I was the only one to experience it. I don't, I, I'm never going to be able to fully translate what I went through in that moment. <laughs> but thank you guys. That's awesome. Within the last year, what has been the deepest thought that you guys have thought about? The ocean. 
every time we're on a plane and we have turbulence, I'm like, all right, we're probably going to die. And in that case, like, I don't have to worry because none of this is real. And like the whole, my whole life, everything has been leading up to this one moment where like, I'm going to crash and everything's going to, I'm going to like switch back on to like my real life. Like I don't have to worry about dying. Like this isn't even real. So you're saying this is a simulation and you're about to take the headset off one day. Yeah, that's that's my cop out. Every anytime I'm about to die, it's like I don't have to worry about dying right now. This isn't even real. On the realest of the reals, though, like have you heard Elon Musk's like theory that it's all a simulation? Yeah, that'll blow your mind. If someone's listening to this and they then you've never go just go do it. Stop. I will let no, you don't pause stop this. listening to this. Well, you're right. <laughs> finish the podcast. <laughs> finish the podcast and go listen to it. Yeah. Do you think we are? Like really? Do you think we are in a simulation? Do you think that's a real thing? I think yeah, so. it is frustrating that none of you guys are real and it's just like a projection of my subconscious. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys know who Sippy is? I've heard that name. Like the cup? <laughs> Very similar to the cup, but no, not at all. She's an icon grad. She's from Australia. She's really awesome. She was on the podcast. We were talking about the whole simulation thing. And then we were talking about this, that like, this is kind of really mind blowing that like, even down to like religion, if you think about it, like the whole thing behind religion is that it's technically a very eloquent and beautiful way of saying it's a simulation. You're at this world, but when you leave, your spirit leaves to go back to where it came from. Like a even religion, man. Would you or wouldn't you want to have the opportunity? Like, do you want to know when you're living in like the quote good times? Because you know how everybody always looks back and says, "Man, those those are the good old days." Do you want the opportunity, or do you want the remin- the reminiscing, or do you want someone to walk up and be like, "Hey, these are the good old days." Like, you better enjoy. Like, Go, go go for it now. Go forth and conquer. I think we are in the good old days. All right. It's just the way it is. It's not really an answer, but yeah, you always miss the old days. Like, I never thought I'd miss the apartment, but there are aspects of it where I'm like, I, I kind of miss like walking around that neighborhood and going to the park. And, th- and that's kind of like the double-edged sword is, yeah. are, are you in it or is it all, is, is the past always the good old days? Can you be actually you know, consciously living in it or is it always in the past? I like always have to remind myself <laughs> that a lot of the good that I remember about experiences or people is just like selective memory and not the exact like feeling that I had, like a relationship and being like, I really was happy then. It's like, well, then why did it end? And why was I not happy then? Like, I'm just remembering the good stuff. Kind of like and, a highlight reel. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't always like that. Like, But I do try and remind myself sometimes when I'm like not feeling something that I have to do. It's like, I'm probably going to look back on this and like appreciate it a lot more. Actually, the past doesn't really exist. It's just a dream. Why are you good there? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. We, we, broke, we broke Wyatt. <laughs> the past doesn't, it's just a dream. Is that what dreams are? Is it just looking into the past? Is that it? Is that all dreams are? It could be looking into the past or future. Just like it's our, we're on like a reel. Yeah, we're just uh, seeing we're seeing like parts of our life that we've already lived or uh, things that have happened previously in this in this one lifetime. Could be. I don't know. I've definitely had those feelings of extreme deja vu. Or it's I, like happened before. So that was what I was about to ask. It like then why is why is deja vu such a thing? Okay. But, like, because of that, yeah. So, so is what you're saying is is that dreams are just basically the past and the future intermingling with our imagination. Is that what you're saying? Like maybe when we're awake, we have like some consciousness blocker that like doesn't allow us to access that. But when we like lower our 
defense mechanisms and everything just happens freely within our brain. We can like access some of that and it just happens. And we're like, we're like experiencing that again, or it's already like predetermined and we're just, uh, we're getting a glimpse at that when we're not supposed to be, it's like a glitch. Yeah. Like maybe that's what deja vu is. is something's getting through the filter. Yeah. It's not supposed to, but then you're like, yeah. it's like any other computer program. There's little bugs and glitches. Yeah. It's a Something slips up. But it's not consistent enough to people where they know what it is. It just, it happens every once in a while. I'm like, that's weird. So were the Matrix movies just foreshadowing what we're about to walk into? Maybe. I really like the Matrix. You guys. <laughs> you guys hear my kids laughing? I can't. Because uh, like taking out of context, it's really creepy. But like, because I know they're my kids, <laughs> really beautiful. What is your vision moving forward, guys? Like, you know, where it not necessarily what's the end game, but is you guys have a path coming up? that you, you know you want to go down or is this you guys still winging it yeah Evan's just doing his thing we're gonna keep working um in the future i'm gonna do like film scoring and stuff that's that's always been the real calling for me doing something more more emotional and in the back that that like touches people on an unconscious sort of level i think that's a cool way to influence people i think we're winging it for the most part we're uh, figuring it out as it goes it's definitely grown farther than what i thought it would be and like from the very beginning at least and i think it like has potential to keep growing like i don't know i don't see what's like stopping us from achieving anything we want at this point we just have to keep doing stuff yeah i don't know i feel like anytime we really want something we just like have been able to make it happen it hasn't been anything incredible at the same time collectively it is yeah i don't know i guess i try not to think about it too much because then i start to like really trip myself out about like negative things. So preface to my final question. Have you guys seen uh, Infinity War, the Avengers? Dude, we're rewatch. Okay. I, I hadn't seen like, the, there's like seven movies you're supposed to see before that to understand Indeed. it. Indeed. And so at this house, we've been watching them. We are like four deep right now. We have okay. three more before we can see it. Okay. So we have not seen it. Okay. You are in for a treat yeah it's, yeah it's we heard it was really good so we're like we need to we need to catch up on all this and figure out what's going on it's really cool by the way if you guys uh if you want to learn how to increase any storytelling abilities or or anything such as that i highly encourage you to, to actually like research why marvel is so good at telling stories and why it has so many fans i've been researching it like why the dc why dc comics are way more famous than marvel comics but why Marvel movies are way more famous than or way better famous, whatever you want to say than the DC movies. It's it's because of their storytelling and it's it's really, really cool. But anyways, nonetheless, so do you guys know, like this isn't a spoiler or anything, but you watching the movie right now. So like, do you know about like the Infinity Stones and, and the Infinity Gauntlet and stuff like that? I have a general idea. They each have like some limited, unlimited power exactly. kind of thing going on. What's what's the last movie that you've seen from the, the last MCU? one was Civil War. Yeah, you're getting really close. Okay, so like, yeah, in Civil War, right? So Vision, the guy who has the stone on his head, right? He, uh, so he has the Mind Stone. So the Mind Stone helps. You know, he can like persuade people to think the way that he thinks. He has really powerful intelligence and stuff like that, right? So there's six of those, six of those different types of stones, right? And so if you have all of them, you can control reality, right? Or not just reality, you can control everything. Everything about anything that we know, you can control anything, right? So if both of you were able to have the Infinity Gauntlet with all the stones on it, five minutes, what would you do? I'd set myself on some kind of quest, like the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that would be like, that's like my end game. I want to I wanna be Frodo. I'm a big fan of nice 
like good intention people and I'd hope to make everyone like beneficial of each other instead of people trying to be greedy and take advantage of others and mm. that creating like everything bad in the world that there is. With the Infinity Gauntlet, you would you would make the 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 universe into like a self sustaining like everyone's taking care of everyone, everything's like Yeah. Like it's like a collective selflessness kind of thing. You would achieve what every beauty pageant contestant wants. <laughs> <laughs> you would world peace, right? <laughs> all, all their dreams would be would become true. That's the missing link. They just haven't had the Infinity Gauntlet yet. That's <laughs> all six Infinity Stones. That's that's the best world. We all live in the Hobbit, but everyone is also really selfless. All right, Ben, give it to me. I don't have an answer. There's no answer. You would just put it back down. No, I would. I don't know what I would do. That's a lot of power, you know. That's all the power, like literally all the power. Yeah, I don't. I really can't. It's too. It's unfathomable. I mean, yeah, being a good person is a nice answer, but I really don't have one. Sawyer, just as a bonus answer, what would you do? I I, I feel like if I answered that, I may give off some spoilers. Ooh, you don't want, you don't want to do that to the fans. Bro. Yeah, we can't do that. Can't uh, do that. We, no one needs spoilers. That's that's a big no no. Heck, even the world is yeah. Well, and because I waited ten years for this movie. Same. It, it kind of goes off of Dylan though. It you know making sure everyone's okay uh, because we all try and be selfless. We're all selfish, but we all try and be selfless. You know, I kind of think of my girlfriend volunteered a lot helping with homeless shelters and suicide hotlines and just you know. That's such a big thing that I've lived with, knowing people who have been down those paths and just to make sure that everyone has a bed to sleep on or a meal to eat at night. Instead of the rich keep getting richer and the poor stay poor, you know, just kind of some more well-balanced. Final, easy, most important question, gentlemen. Did you have a good time? Yeah, definitely. This was fun. Ben, I need you. I need need an answer from you, but I need an honest answer. Did you have a good time? It was terrible. What what could we have done to make it better for you, sir? Uh, it was way too long. Like <laughs> next time, we'll keep it down to like five seconds for you. Does no, I'm good? Just kidding, man. It was a good interview. Thank you guys. Yeah, so, thank you. Guys. That are all the same, and it's nice to have ones that aren't. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, is there anything, any final words, like anything you want to push, like any shows or songs or EPs or anything that you want to push in the final final words? Yeah, new song May twenty fifth this Friday on Deadbeats. Coachella mix in June, Boogie T remix in June. I think that's that's all of our like closest things coming up. And then come see us at your shows. 